Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see you guys here. Welcome back, Mary, from Hawaii. Well, glad you guys can join us here in person and online. Welcome. Uh, We're going to pause, we're going to pray, and we're going to get started this morning. Uh, I hope you guys, well, I know you guys did. You set your clocks ahead. If you didn't online, you're not seeing this live, but you will eventually. Uh, But let's pray. Lord, once again, we want to take time, put it aside, and allow it to be an opportunity for us to focus our lives on you, to lean into your desire for our lives, and to be shaped by that. Thank you for the time. Thank you for the opportunity. And Lord, may this have an effect on all of us, Lord, as we desire to live our lives more and more like Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. All right, Randy. Thank you, Randy. Good morning again. A couple of announcements. Uh, One, this Tuesday, we have our philosophy and critical thinking class Uh, Jordan is going to be talking about moving on. It's right here in this building at 7 p.m., so you're welcome to join us. Uh, It's a suggested donation of $10. Uh, Help pay for Jordan's gas, especially now. Have you seen that vehicle he drives? Man. So anyway, help the guy out. Uh, Also uh, wanting to let you guys know that um, we are here because of your contribution your donations, uh, those are the ways that you can give. I am going to be putting together a newsletter that's talking about the year in review for 2021 that should be going out this week. If you're wanting to be on that email and email list and get that, uh, you can email us at info at the Genesis Story, um, and we will put you on that list. Just say you'd like to be on the email list. Oh, you can sign up on the website there. That's even easier. Just go to thegenesisstory.com and you can sign up for the email uh, letter. And again, that'll be going out this week. And what the year in review is going to look at is all uh, the finances that have come in and gone out uh, through you know, the donations and what we've spent here at Genesis, uh, as well as a little bit of what's happening uh, through you know, the years. A lot has changed. You guys have probably been aware there's been a lot going on in the world, pandemics, wars, you know, just that kind of stuff. But baseball is coming back. So we're, we're, 
we're, we're good, right? Anyway, I just share that so that if you want to be on that newsletter and get the information, it will be going out uh, later this week. Um, one last thing, talking about money that has been received. A while back, we collected money for Bibles to go to Haiti. And uh, for a reason, uh, has distributed those Bibles. We have some pictures here of the people receiving their Bibles. This is going to be used in, in a number of ways. It's going to be used to help people learn how to read. Many of these people are getting books that they don't know how to read yet, and so they are going to learn how to read using their Bibles that, again, you guys were able to provide for them. And it's something that they have that is their own, and it's a, a good thing, you guys. It's a good thing for them. It's something that they take kind of pride in that they have this. There were more pictures, but I just wanted to put a few up to let you guys know that those Bibles did make it there, and thank you guys for those who contributed and made this happen. Again, thank you to for a reason for seeing this through. Uh, there are definitely things like this we want to continue to be involved in. And really, that's kind of leading into what I want to talk about today. I'm doing a series on foundations. We're talking about the, the things that we want to build our community on. And last week, if you recall, I said that Genesis is here for a reason. You guys are late, so you got to sit in the front row. That's how it is, Yeah. And yeah, at least you're not an hour late. We know you set your clocks ahead. Um, so last week we said that Genesis is here for a reason. That was kind of the foundation. Today we're building on that and we're saying that the reason Genesis is here is rooted in love. And if you can turn to 1 John chapter 4, we're going to start with a text that we're going to launch off from. 1 John chapter 4, starting at verse 7, might be familiar verses for some of us. There was a song we used to sing from these verses. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. And... This verse is a powerful verse, but it's one of these things when we start talking about love, love can become just so touchy-feely, right? It can be like a hippy-dippy thing, like peace, love, Woodstock, right? It's like, what does it actually mean to us? And even in the first talk, how I talked about Genesis is here for a reason, and that reason is to embody Christ to the world and reveal his kingdom. This talk is similar in that it centers around embodying Jesus. But I have a problem with that. Not that I have a problem with Jesus, because I don't. I have a problem with what people think when you say these kinds of things. When you say you're a Christian or you say, I believe in Jesus, there's a whole lot that goes into people's minds when you present that conversation. A lot of times people ask me, are you a Christian? And I don't want to just say yes, not because I'm not a follower of Christ, but I don't know what they mean when they say, are you a Christian? So oftentimes I will ask them, what does that mean to you? Or I like to say I'm a follower of Christ. And that usually 
starts more conversation. Why do you say it that way? And then I can present why I say it that way so I don't just get thrown in with this whole blanket of Christianity that goes from, you know, Westboro Baptist Church to all who knows what else. I I had a conversation with a friend of mine Friday, and she wanted me to talk to her son who was there at the house. And so she introduced me to her son and she says, oh, here's Sam and he's a pastor. And I hate it when people do that because all of a sudden it's like, hi, you know, I'm the pastor guy. And I know her from dog training. I, I didn't meet her because I'm a pastor. I met her because I'm a dog trainer. And through time, the conversation led to that discussion where I said, well, I do pastor a faith community and blah, blah, blah. And so she goes, oh, you're a pastor. And our conversation has grown because of those things, but it didn't start with, I'm a pastor, right? Because that conversation usually changes everything. If I sit on a plane next to someone, they say, what do you do for a living? If I say, well, I'm a pastor, there's usually a moment of silence. And then there's, uh, uh, you know, I, I still have my holy cards from catechism. And I'm like, okay, you know, but if I start the conversation with I'm a dog trainer, I immediately get interaction. My dog eats poop. Is there anything I can do about that? It's like, okay, you know, we're going there already. I just met you and we're doing the poop talk, right? But you see, there's a difference in just how it's engaged. And so when we start using these things, oh, I'm a Christian or God is love, If we don't dig deeper, a lot of times we can lose the meaning. Remember, it says in the book of Acts that they were called Christians at Antioch. They named them that because of how they lived. They didn't call themselves that. It was something that they were able to connect the dots with. And so when we say God is love, I think we need to dig deeper and inquire, what does this love look like? Otherwise, it might lose its meaning, just like that word Christianity can mean so many things. This word love can lose its impact if we don't dig into it. And just like we did last week, it starts with the proclaiming of this good news, right? In Matthew chapter 4, verse 23 Jesus went through Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness among the people. And we talked about good news being connected to this healing of what's taking place. We see this again in Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 through 6. When John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? This is interesting. Why would John question if Jesus is the Messiah? Because what he was doing wasn't fitting what he thought the Messiah was maybe supposed to do. And Jesus' response comes from the book of Isaiah in verse 4. And Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Now, all these things that he lists tell John this. 
right? And we see this list here, you know, the blind are seeing, lame are walking, leprosy is being cleansed, deaf are hearing, dead are raised. And then he says, and the good news is being proclaimed to the poor. Do we recognize that that idea of good news proclaimed to the poor is in line with the blind seeing and the deaf hearing and the lame walking, the lepers being cleansed? It is something that is taking place to them at that time that John was supposed to be able to grasp hold of and see. And if proclaiming the gospel includes healing, maybe love does too. Maybe love, if God is love, as we read, and if Jesus is the the clear picture of love, maybe what Jesus did by bringing healing and bringing good news to the poor is actually what love looks like. And so it's not something we think. It's not just something we feel. It is actually an action we take towards people. How did Jesus love? Well, we just saw he, he healed. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 1, John writes, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. He, I love John. He, he's so mystical and yet tangible, right? This idea of Jesus, the way he describes it is something that captures our imagination, but he doesn't want to leave it in our imagination. He wants us to know that it's something that he had interaction with, that he, he touched, that it touched him. And I think if we don't see love in the same way of it having interaction, of it touching us, of us being able to handle the word of life, then we're losing the power of what love is. Maybe love has a conversation, right, with the woman who's outcast, the Samaritan woman who's outcast at the well. Maybe love invites themselves to dinner at Zacchaeus' house, the the tax collector. Maybe love stands with the woman caught in adultery and stops the judgment against her. Maybe love restores Peter after he denied Jesus. Maybe love steps into the lives of people, brings sight to the blind, helps the lame walk, cleanses the leper, restores hearing to the deaf, and raises the dead. Maybe we can't do those things, at least I can't, but maybe we can do things like that. Maybe we can bring this kind of tangibility of who God is and what love looks like to the people around us. I read an article about the people in Berlin who are now receiving a lot of refugees from the Ukraine. And one of the articles was talking about how many people there in Berlin are opening their homes. Uh, Rick, show the first picture. Can you imagine... 
coming to a country where you don't know anyone and seeing a line of people with signs saying, we have a place for you. And some of the, the you know, pictures are very specific. Show the next one where they, they're there for, you know, we, we can take one mom and two kids for six weeks. Right? And there's a large group of people who are opening their homes in this way. Go ahead and show the, the last picture, right? And it's overwhelming to these people who are coming, not knowing what they're coming to, and to have strangers opening their homes up so that they can stay for a period of time so that they have at least a starting point. See, this is what love looks like. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus said, for when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, you invited me in. I needed clothes, you clothed me. I was sick, you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. This is what we do. This is what love looks like. In verse 40, Jesus goes on in the end of his story, says the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did, For one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And so we start to see that love isn't just this idea. It involves us. It involves us opening our hearts, maybe opening our homes, opening our lives, opening up our resources, opening up our talents, opening up what it is we have that we can give to other people that can be a benefit to them. I read an article about a Ukrainian school teacher who was going to leave the country, but there were students who could not find their parents. And so he refused to leave for safety and stayed behind to take care of the students who could not get out and the elderly. What does love look like? If God is love, I think God looks like that. And if we have this as a definition of love is actually doing good. If we take that and we see these examples and we're, we're moved by them, we're touched by them because it is sacrificial, it is giving then maybe that definition of love can start to filtrate into what we think of ourselves as when we are followers of Jesus. And when we say God is love, what does that look like? It looks like goodness on display because that's what it is. You know, when we see these acts of goodness, it moves us. Last night, my son-in-law, they had an event at Limericks in Chino for the firefighters of Chino and of Rancho. So if I'm a little slow this morning, it's because I was at Limericks late last night. I'm not going to give you all the details, but there were bagpipes um, and a lot of beer. Um, But when you see people who give of themselves for others who rush towards the burning building when other people are trying to run out. 
who say, God is love. Have pictures in your mind of people opening homes, people staying with people who can't get out of the country, people running towards to help. Have in our minds a a verb, something that is defining love in a different way. That we admire what is good for the goodness sake. There's a woman named Becca Stevens. She's an author, a speaker. She's an Episcopal priest, a social entrepreneur. And she's the founder and president of Thistle Farms in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, And Thistle Farms works to heal, empower, and employ female survivors of human trafficking, prostitution, and addiction. And I was, you know, you go through these kind of rabbit trails and just, I saw a video and I was like, oh, that's a great video. And then I came another video. Oh, that's a great video. And so I picked one video out because it's kind of in topic with what we're doing. But you can go and search, again, Becca Stevens and find some of these things because it's a powerful testimony of the things that she's doing and, and how she's interacting with these women. Whenever she speaks, she goes up barefoot and she goes up barefoot because she says every time she goes up there barefoot, she's in solidarity with the women who are still walking the streets. And it reminds her of why she's there. And it's this beautiful picture of trying to exemplify what it is that we as followers of Jesus are here to do and what love looks like when it's on display. And so let's watch that video together. You know what, I have to, when I was in divinity school, I had to do that all the time in my head to say, okay, theology, theo, God, ology, study. So it's about the language and the study of God, but I could never even remember what it was. That's not how I grew up. But if you're asking me, like, um, who I think God is, it's love. God is love, no question. And it's woven. No, it's not. It's very powerful talk. Love is, like... You know, the way we say it around here at Thistle Farms, it's the most powerful force for change in the world. So it's not hippie talk. It's about economics. It's about politics. It's about down and dirty, everyday working. It's about religion being relevant and practical and sustainable and growing, all of that. I mean, that's what love is like a huge verb for me. What? I mean, where does it come from? What what does it do? What does it grow? You know, um, so here's the crazy thing. I guess it was like a couple years ago I was in Memphis. And one of the things we do is we go around the country. We talk about hope and love and all these ways that women are together. And I just finished doing this tea and justice workshop, linking tea to human trafficking and what justice looks like. So I was there. And a young woman who had been, I mean, I'm talking about putting a trunk traffic down in Texas and there for about 18 months was coming out. And she was at the event and she says, um, after I finished my whole talk, she comes up and whispers in my ear. She goes, tell me again what love is. Like, what are you talking about? And so 
it's not a bad activity for you or for her or for any of us to ask ourselves, okay, now tell me again what you mean by love. What is it about? What does it mean? You know, how can I practice it? How can I believe it? All of those questions. And that's, I mean, that's what you're saying. And so my answer is this community. I mean, that's what I've put my heart and soul in for the last more than 20 years. It's been my hope forever to believe that love is healing and life-giving and changing. So, I mean, when you look around here, this is the best I can do about how love is put into practice. That's all I got. What's the role of the church? Well, here's the thing is that for me, I would love for people to see that justice is worship. Um, What's you know, justice? so the idea for me, let me finish fleshing that first thought out and then I'll talk about that. But for me, when I think of it, it's like I want to build a shelter like a cathedral. And we've done it. And we've shown that you can be lavish and economical and inspiring in that work. And that is how we can worship and be together. You know, what if people were serving the next meal like it was communion to somebody that was homeless? Or what if, you know, you saw that the person that you're presuming to pray for and lay hands on was actually the embodiment of Christ? It changes things. And so... What does it change? It changes our attitudes, our humility, our humor, our respect, everything. It changes everything because it's like, what a privilege to serve that cup of coffee that was like a chalice. What an amazing gift to build the most beautiful shelter. I mean, like, why is it called, why do we call it shelters and then cathedrals? I mean, like, that's so sad to me. Instead of, like, the justice work, the serving, the commonality being the thing that brings us closest to the glimpse of heaven we want. You know, it's not necessarily these huge vacuous churches that are really museums. I mean, the beggars are gone, so it's turned into a museum. So I don't know what else to say except that that is how I experience love. That is how I experience the divine in my life. And I'm so sorry if that sounds hippie, but that is how I live. For real, for real, I live that way. How do, what are you seeing, uh, how are you seeing things down here as they are in heaven? You know, um, I don't even know. I've, I've gotten, I mean, I've been ordained so freaking long that I've had so much time. I've been say so many freaking times. No, I've been ordained so <laughs> long that, you know, I've had a lot of time to think about all these words that you're saying and these concepts. So the closest I've gotten is that I think heaven is the memory of God. That's the closest I've gotten. And the idea that, like, even the Jane Doe's that we've buried are not forgotten. They're in the memory of God that all of us are. So, you know, I believe in original grace. I believe in universal salvation. I don't have those kinds of issues in my life to have to struggle with. That do think, though, the idea of never having, never to be forgotten would be heaven. And so... Um, when I glimpse at that, it's like we remember. We remember we were wandering um, Aramaeans. We remember we were, you know, homeless in Egypt. We remember, um, you know, we were unwed mothers. You know, we remember that stuff. We don't forget, and that's as close as we get. And so 
The work of Thistle Farms and the work of trying to do um, a movement for women's freedom has been about remembering for me. You know, it's not like we're just developing new stuff all the time. You know, this is old stuff. You're not just trying to scale up? We are trying to scale up. <laughs> Only because we're in marketing, we are trying to scale up, but truly, we are doing old work. You can scale love up? Hmm? Can you scale love up? You know, yeah, absolutely, you can scale love up. Absolutely. Look down. When, if you filmed around this place, you would see a scaling love. Because the idea is that, you know, it's if you think of this as love being a ripple effect that circles out, that's, that's scalability. That's exponential growth. So it absolutely does. You know, I was a math major as an undergrad. I, I can, Yeah, I can totally do this with you. Let's go. Uh, were you in the space program, too? I was. I was, in, I was in witness protection for a while, but no. If you're like me... Hearing something like that is both inspiring and threatening. Inspiring because of what it is, the goodness that it, it explains. Threatening because of the potential it's asking. And when I, I think of what I want to do and what we as a community want to do... Um, Sorry, this is near to me. I want us to be a community that can be seen by the things that we do. That has been why we have leaned into things like the Bibles for Haiti or the buildings that we've done and work there, the things that we've done in the past with Mexico. But, but those are just opportunities to express the love that God has expressed to us. And it starts with us. And, and this is why we are so important because it's not me who's doing something. It's us together imagining the kingdom and making it a reality. And that's why this is family. That's why we are connected. That's why it's so important that I want us to capture this understanding because if we are family and we have this imagination of what God's love looks like and we together can work towards that, then all, all these other things that have tried to destroy us and, and tear us apart and from one another, how do they fit in with who we are supposed to be? Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like, I, I don't care who you vote for, even though I care. I care what we do together as a family. I, I don't care about how you interpret this passage of scripture. And of course, I do care, but I care more about how we work together to bring about the kingdom's reality in our world. Family is messy. I have two brothers and we don't have the same mother or the same father. Figure that out, right? Family is strange sometimes. I mean, none of us have the same father or mother, but we're brothers. Together, we are 
a diverse group of people. And that's beautiful. Because together we see something that is important that we want to make a reality. And we want to lean into that. And I found this difficult because of the cost it's had on my life and because of the cost it's asking of my life. And if many of you are like me, you're just exhausted and maybe you feel like, man, I've got nothing left in the bank especially after the last couple of years. It's like, man, I'm running on fumes. Have you seen the price of gas? I I can't fill it up anymore. It's just overwhelming. I get that. But the picture is too beautiful to, to ignore. The potential is too powerful to not be inspired. Remember, the word inspire means to, to breathe in, to have life breathed into you. Just as God breathed life into man, that, that first kiss, you want to know what love is? It is the life of God being breathed into us and then us breathing it into other people. Paul would tell us in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, let us not become weary in doing good. Why would he say that? Because doing good is pretty wearisome, Right? I mean, you guys, if you have kids, doing good for your kids, oh man, I gotta wash their clothes. When can you wash your own? When can you make your own breakfast? You know, the day will come. Uh, <laughs> Bella's smiling. Nope, I'm not going there. It's wearisome doing good, but he says, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, what let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. If we believe that God is love, then it is about doing good to all people. And it's doing good to one another here as well. And in the days, months, and Lord willing, years to come, We want to lean into this as a community. I would love to see things continue to develop. Like, you know, she talks about Thistle Farms and what they do to help the women who are there. And it's now international, you know, it's global and the things they do. And you can look up thistlefarms.com or org or something like that and find the products they do if you want to support those things. But there are so many ways that we can lean into doing good you know, and I love that we have in the past, and, and I always think we can do more, but it takes time. It takes energy. It takes finances. It takes all these things that require of us. And so I think the first thing that we need to decide to do is recognize that if Genesis is here and, and love is the foundation it's the root of all that we do, then love is going to look like an activity of response that we participate in, not just something that we pay tribute to. And what level we participate in, it, it, it depends on us. Some of you have you know, multiple jobs, kids, health issues. There's the whole gamut. No one's here to pressure anything. 
but we are here to provoke. Because that's what we are supposed to do as followers of Jesus, provoke one another to love and good deeds. Why love and good deeds? Because they work together. And so may we do that together. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the examples we have in you, Jesus, and in others who demonstrate love in practical, tangible ways, ways that we can take hold of, ways that take hold of us, take hold of people. Lord, may we open our hearts, our lives, and all that that entails to you and allow you to use us to build the kingdom that we are a part of. Again, thank you for provoking us, Lord. May we not become weary. And Lord, I pray for those of us who are just weary. Lord, so many of us just are done. We're done with church. We're done with people. We're, we're done with politics. We're done with the bickering. We're done with the fighting. But Lord, may we not be done with love and doing good. And may we find strength from you, from one another, from doing good in even the smallest ways. May it spark hope and life into us and in turn through us to others. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We are going to stick around a little bit to have any response or questions you might have from what was shared. Thoughts, would love input from you guys. And again, invite those who are watching online to uh, either comment or come in and join in the continued conversation uh, with us here. May you understand the love of God that surpasses knowledge. May you experience love from God and from those who he has touched through generosity, through kindness, through goodness. And may the goodness of God lead us to change. God bless you guys. Love you guys. Thank you guys for being here. You have been listening to the Genesis podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.